the internet, and welcome to season 173, episode 2 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Ted Cruz. The coward is he ran off to Cancun. <laughs> he got shamed, hopped on a plane. Boy, what a goon. We'll talk about it today with Jack Obie and Miles of Grey. We're giving Ted Cruz shit on TDZ. That is courtesy of uh, Ben Acosta, wannabe author. Is that what we're called? Yeah. And uh, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Spliffany number nine in G major movement 420, a.k.a. John Cage's four minutes and 20 seconds, a.k.a. Goat Rinse of Arabia, a.k.a. Hey, Jackie, it's me, your cousin. Yeah, your cousin, Milesy Grazy. You know that new <laughs> sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Actual and bong that is a, Some prop work there. Shout out to Car Lobo on the Discord. <laughs> I actually wrote in bong bubble noises uh, for the sound you've been looking for. And I love a good, you know, Back to the Future reference. Back to the Future. Uh, what was his name again? It was... Uh, Marvin. Marvin? Wasn't it Marvin Barry? Marvin Barry? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what a... What the fact think? that that works, like, it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't work. Like, it's bad, but it's also, like, when you watch it, you're not like, what the fuck is happening right now? I mean, you do it, I think it's, like, with adult eyes, you're like, damn. Yeah. Or once you, like, start writing yourself or entering that kind of business, you're like, what were they... What was the thought process they were like? <laughs> we gotta, Marvin. man, we gotta let it... We gotta make sure this one does not escape them. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, Miles, great to have you back. Oh, uh, yes. great to see you. Um, and <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Mr. Vince Mancini. There he is. Oh, great to be here. You know, Marvin, just it's like a really good cousin name, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marvin. Cousin Marvin. Yeah. Right. And then Marvin gets his head blown off in Pulp Fiction. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's an unfortunate name, too, sometimes. It's like, you're never, where's the hero, Marvin? The right. Martian? <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe. It just sounds like a roustabout. Oh, it's Marvin. Here he comes. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. I, do you think that scene had rewrites where the Marvin Berry scene, like, first they tried to be like, why don't we just do stuff like, hey, Chuck, it's me. You know that sound you've been looking for? Well, here it is. And people be like, wait, well, that's that was a Chuck Berry song. They said, Chuck, that's enough. Or did they go, it's... It's, it's gotta this, be. It's Marvin? Well, the fact that he says Marvin, Marvin Berry, like, it's... <laughs> if he had just said, it's your cousin, Marvin Berry, that would have been one thing. <laughs> or your cousin plus first name. Right. Yeah, But you know then I mean? you wouldn't know the Chuck Berry thing. Uh, right, right. I just I'm thinking also easily. the reality of how you would speak. You know, it's like the the delicate interplay of what's real and how you get the message across to the audience. Because I'm never like, hey, it's your cousin, bro. Your cousin Miles Miles Gray, <laughs> unless it's like well, an elderly cousin who like maybe struggling with memory. Especially if it's uh, one of your cousins with the same last name as you. Exactly. <laughs> well, it implies that Chuck Berry has a lot of cousins that are always trying to sell him on stuff and pitching yeah, different right, things. True. 
Right. That's right. the movie I want to see. The unscrupulous Barry cousins. <laughs> <laughs> the um. All right. Vince, what, what's I was just gonna say, I feel like this is I feel like this is the process of uh figuring podcast. out that all my favorite movies are made for children and I'm a 40-year-old <laughs> man. But uh Vince, what's new with you? What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, you know, I had a birthday yesterday and Whoa. Uh, HBD. Yeah. HBD. And it's it's great. It's great to have a birthday and now it's over and uh I can just enjoy the rest of the year. Oh, so for you, you're like one of these lucky motherfuckers who had a birthday before the pandemic and now it's only biting you in the ass now. Cuz last yeah. year you probably you had a probably had a whole ass birthday, right? Yeah, last year I can't remember. I'm old enough that I don't remember exactly what we did on my birthday last year, but I think it was good. Yeah, right, right. Oh man, yeah. Pandemic. That's something you thought of. Underrated. Will will I? Will the pandemic be over for my birthday? You know, because that was a thing in the summer. I felt like a lot of people were thinking about for the fall. They're like, I, dude, if the pandemic's still happening for my birthday, I mean, not that you think like that, but I think it enters everyone's mind as a goalpost in time. Yeah, I mean, we were like, ah, it's going to be over by Memorial Day, so we can go out and have (laughs) have a proper three day weekend. Yeah, I've talked to you, Miles, specifically about how I think that the pandemic is specifically a punishment for me, uh, for because I have a July birthday, and like you couldn't have really made it any more central. Yeah, so you know, and for all the blaming of like Trump and his policies, I, I let's let's not get carried away. I think this whole pandemic was based. The, the some kind of karmic spite uh, um, against Jack. Yeah, and that's why we're sure. all suffering. Yeah, I mean, it's why I'm always shouting when we're not recording. Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, <laughs> it's not As fair. You watch that Nancy Kerrigan tape over. And over. <laughs> <laughs> why? Uh, all right, that was Vince. an underrated strange reaction to that. Like, who does that happen to? It's not just like, ow, my leg, go get that person. But why me? Why couldn't this happen to someone why else? Why me? Oh, oh man. man. Poor thing. <laughs> that uh, was a, one of the first times I made an adult laugh uh, was right around that time. I think it was, what, 93, right? Yeah. Um, and I was, what, in third grade? And someone, there was like one of one of the kids in class. Someone was crying about like they got in trouble and they had to like you know you do like red light green light shit. Or yeah. like, oh that's a red light. And th- this girl was like, why, why me? And I was like, okay, Nancy Kerrigan. Ah. And my teacher was like, God, wow. <laughs> They're like, sign this motherfucker up now. And no, none of the kids understood, and only my the teacher understood. And I was like, okay, I'm Nancy. the fucking goat. I'm Jay. Richard Pryor of this elementary school. It's your cousin, Marvin Leno. <laughs> <laughs> Have I got the joke writer for you? Hey, what are you, Nancy Kerrigan? Oh! <laughs> Smoking the ciggy around my head like Dice Man. Uh, all right, Vince, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Sure. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about that Wall Street Journal op-ed from the Johns Hopkins physician who uh, <laughs> believes that we might be seeing the end of COVID, uh, which, you know, I, uh, yeah. Don't say that now. Don't tell I know. Don't I know. Well, now, that's basically. what he's basically saying that the medical community is like, don't curse it. Just shut up. That <laughs> seems cool. Be, all, all the takes did feel like that because everyone yeah. was saying like, yeah, the numbers are, but, you, but don't, don't fucking look at the numbers, asshole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is so what we'll happened talk- last fucking summer. <laughs> like, yeah. 
So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, I've been publicly uh, on this show dreading Trump's return, uh, assuming it would be like some carefully choreographed, you know, World Wrestling Federation like emerges from the spotlights like he did at the RNC. Uh, but apparently it happened last week uh, and oh. just a lot of people didn't notice. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Talk about the Supreme Court telling him fuck off. Uh, we'll talk about Mike Lindell. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Most importantly, Taco Bell has entered the fight, the crispy sandwich wars fight. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll talk about all of that. Plenty more. But first, Vince, uh, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Um, I, uh, I searched E.T. Hoodie. Because I was, okay. you know, scrolling through some old friends on Instagram and we were we were passing it around in the group chat. You know, when you got like a friend that you don't talk to, but mostly you just uh, make fun of them in group chats with other people. Yeah, they're they're group chat fodder. Their Instagram yes. is group chat fodder. Yep. <laughs> I have somebody who has a real brolic doll collection and a lonely doctor who we always speculate what their life's about. <laughs> yeah so Wait. i got one of those and there was like one of those real uh you know vague book we call them vague books i forget one of, which one of my comedian friends came up with that whenever people are sad and they just uh like write vague platitudes uh online <laughs> like vague vague booking and they're in like a they're in a blanket looking very uh forlorn and it reminded me of et and i was trying to find the et picture to compare it to and then i googled et hoodie only to realize that E.T. wasn't wearing a hoodie. It was actually yeah, just like his blanket, a blanket. to keep warm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like Mandela affected myself, I think. Yeah. I hope you that friend heard this podcast. Like, dude, Vince <laughs> thought E.T. was wearing a fucking hoodie. <laughs> a fucking so did you picture in your mind E.T. wearing the red hoodie that Elliot yes, wears? You exactly. did? Wow. That's exactly what I did. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I I'm trying to picture them. that right now. Huh. Yeah. E.T. hoodie is like a whole vibe, though. Like, if E.T. rocked a hoodie, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, with his hands in the right, right, pockets. Like, What's up with him? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, selling Molly and shit. Yeah. Whereas the, uh, you can pull off the red hoodie. You cannot pull off the blanket wrapped around your head and then, like, tied at your chest without people being like, yo, man, is, every, is everything right. all right? Yeah. Because remember, that's... there's even that tweet that we liked that was like, yo, I took my kid brother to Target. And it was just like a little kid in a big ass down coat, and it just looked like a coat was walking around. Oh yeah! See, like, <laughs> even that shape was less suspicious to me. I'm like, oh, it's a kid in a coat, but you yeah. get because that could have been ET, and I wouldn't have batted an eye because I'm used to that. But some kid in a blanket like that, I'm like, no, yeah, that's, yeah. That's some kind of terrestrial being. What is something Vince that you think is underrated? Uh, half hour TV shows. I feel like we don't get them very often anymore. But man, when we do, it's great. You just Bust through them without falling asleep. Love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's a good, what's the last good half hour, you think? I'm going to say Ted Lasso. Okay. Man. Because I really need to watch Ted Lasso. It doesn't seem like it, it would be a half hour episode show, and then it is, and then, uh, and then, you know, you, you end up watching more of it, but uh, I love those half hour chunks. Yeah. I'm trying to. I I started watching it, but I only had a free preview of Apple TV because I had a Apple Watch that had six months or something of, or that I mm -hmm. remembered at the last minute that I had a, like a week left. Didn't get through all of it, but I really did. I started seeing what everybody says about it. Of like, it's just pleasant, mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a 
it's really it's weird like because it's funny but also at the same time i'm like no like it's like that that one teacher who's like class like you would behave in for some reason <laughs> like had that energy over me i'm like no yeah. i don't i don't i don't misbehave in this class for some reason yeah on paper you're like oh this is a really terrible disney concept where like the uplifting american goes to england and teaches everybody an important lesson about positive thinking right uh, and it kind of is that but it's good somehow and it's hard to figure yeah. out why <laughs> right how That's do people like, in the uk feel about uh ted lasso I don't that's know. A, that's a great question. I'd be I'd be interested. Ted to, Lasso call, call UK review from the Independent. Uh, Ted Lasso review. Jason Sudeikis is a hapless football coach in this likable, if uneven, comedy. Hey. Four stars. All right. Four. I love that. That's okay. like the. That's <laughs> one of the. That's a lazy critic move when you call something uneven without saying what you what right. was wrong with it. It's like right, ah, right, you know, right. B plus. Oh, Give that okay. vague, but book. it's uneven. I won't yeah. tell you in what ratios, but right. uneven nonetheless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep it vague. Uh, probably a reflection of how you were feeling at the time. Maybe the fact that you were watching it while you were like stopping and starting, going on walks, yeah. maybe. Oh, no. Mm. It only looks uneven because you got your wallet in your back pocket, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, I just watched I May Destroy You. That's another one that's like a prestige show that is in half hour episodes for the most part. I think I think it's all half hour. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I watched that too. Another yeah. good half hour. Yeah. Great half hour show. Definitely different vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for sure. But yeah. it's also Matt. Like, but I think that's where like you got to give it up to Michaela Cole, that show, because the way the subject matter that they navigate through the show while still not having it's it's balanced in this very like just elegant way uh that i was like damn this this is this is what the, this is what that writing shit's about huh mm, yeah gotta get it even like that that's what that yeah exactly is about. Right. somebody was writing with packets or pockets unencumbered by wallets <laughs> <laughs> uh what is something you think is overrated uh, awards movies that are based on plays. I feel like there's a lot, you know, and I, I, I hate when you're watching a movie and then you have that thought like, oh, this is definitely based on a play, wasn't it? And then, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, What's I'm, a movie like that? I'm because look, Vince, you're you watch a lot of films, you know, mm -hmm, truth be known, you're a bit so of a critic yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what's what's a film that uh, that does that? Because I'm I also completely ignorant to like the theater scene and I, that. Can't remember if it's actually based on a play or if it's just uh, because Aaron Sorkin wrote it and he's like a playwright. <laughs> but Trial of the Chicago Seven, you're definitely watching that movie, going, "Oh yeah, this is definitely like this is a play. This isn't this really be on a movie." Stage. Yeah, right, right. And then uh, One Night in Miami was definitely a play. Um, there's a lot of just hanging out in a hotel room for like way too long. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I like it when people move around and go play, especially in this day and age. You know, it's nice yeah, to see people moving. going places, doing things, and not yeah. being in the same room talking at each other. <laughs> and just yeah, the the most action you see is like someone getting up to pour like a snifter of brandy just to <laughs> yeah. sit back down. <laughs> Anything you can do while you're about to have an important conversation. Mm -hmm. Vince, did you see uh, Nomadland? I did. That that's kind of the opposite. Like not nothing really. <laughs> There's no like dramatic uh arc or like no dramatic conversations where people are like disagreeing about stuff, but uh very very pretty.
pretty. Lot, lots of mm-hmm. stuff happening in the background. Yeah, you'd need a real nice like Vista backdrop on stage if you're going to do that one. <laughs> right. like, Just like the rolling hills. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk real quick. Uh, this is one that my parents were like, did you see this thing in the Wall Street Journal? Jeez. Like they're excited. Jay Leno. Trying to, trying to figure <laughs> out a time they can get out and see the grandkids. Uh, right. So this Johns Hopkins physician, uh, you know, th- this is actually kind of a follow-up on a story that we've been talking about, sort of the mystery drop in... Uh, COVID cases over the last six weeks where scientists were like, it can't be the vaccine yet. Um, People definitely aren't uh, improving their behavior in any way. Uh, And so this dude's theory uh, is that it is based on herd immunity, essentially. And so one of the things that we heard in the very early stages of COVID, and I think one of the reasons this isn't getting as much play is there were scientists uh, out of Stanford who were like, we should just do the herd immunity thing because it's not as deadly as people think. So just let it rip, essentially. Yeah. And uh, that was something that Trump was saying behind the scenes. And, you know, 500,000 deaths later, uh, turns out that was not a good thing to even suggest (laughs) to even throw out there because, uh, yeah, that that was just what the conservatives and libertarians were like dying to. That was the, their sort of natural state would be, let's just do it that way. Let it play out. Let it play out. You do you, I'll do me until it gets to me. And then I'm going to cry about it and ask why you didn't help me. Yeah. And, and this doctor, uh, whose name I will mention in a second, once I look it up, uh, (laughs) but they were saying that like, The last paragraph is some medical experts privately agreed with my prediction that there may be very little COVID-19 by April, but suggested that I not talk publicly about herd immunity because people might become complacent, fail to take precautions, or might decline the vaccine, which, yeah, I mean, I totally understandable uh, that, that people would think that. I do think that, like, it's valuable to have this point of view out there so that people can... Uh, uh, see yeah. some light at the end of the tunnel, or at least have an think, understanding of like what people think might be happening. I don't know if Americans understand light at the end of the tunnel, though. Right? They're like light, <laughs> and they think they're out of the tunnel. <laughs> That's right. the problem here. But yes, I mean, it's like it's almost like some people you can you know are responsible enough to hear this story. And take right. from that what they can. Like, okay, this, this it feels like this is it really we're seeing that this is a finite event, uh, and it won't drag on forever. Other people I know are going to be running up and down the halls, dude. It's it's basically gone. Like right. there are people who are just going to read this and say it's basically gone. No, right? It's not. It's going down. But the way we're getting here, please don't forget the fucked up way we got to this point. Right. I mean, I don't think I'll feel good until i'm vaccinated like that would that's the only thing that would even begin to change how i would alter like my behavior or anything is to know like oh i'm i'm at least now medically beginning to be safeguarded 
rather than just sort of counting on like probability to be like, yeah, fuck it, dude. I don't, I'm just going to the gym now. Just fucking breathing on everything. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, part of the calculus of April is that like the vaccine plan continues to move forward it's not like and this will magically go away by then it's that enough people will be vaccinated like combined with the number of people who have had it and have like built up the immunity without really showing symptoms or like contributing to the overall numbers that we that people have been working with wait i mean just after this past year it's like hard for me to listen to any sort of predictions because everything we've had is just like back <laughs> right. and forth. I'm like, just tell me what to do tomorrow and then we'll go from there. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's probably a good like way to uh think about our own lives, you know, is that <laughs> like we're we're just gonna hunker down until uh until we find out like exactly what is happening and not make any big decisions be- before uh things have actually changed like on the ground but yeah uh, i mean when they tell you when you get the vaccine and they're like all right well this doesn't mean you can change your behavior in any way and you're kind of like you feel like that's probably just something they have to say so that we don't all go like buck wild right absolutely right because i even think like i have a friend who's a uh like a, a nurse and has completed their vaccinations and like even the I, like subconscious like oh damn then we can kick it then because they're not I'm not going to be a danger to them and they're not going to be a danger to me or whatever and I'm like wait hold the fuck up and I was just like <laughs> no see this is how that runaway train shit goes of like because I know how it's also so it's such an attractive proposition to try and figure out what the margins are statistically if you can get away with shit but like you know we need we need to sort of normalize this idea normalize uh make regular to most people this idea that like you don't like we we want to be as safe as possible but yeah i mean i think it's just the, it. the uh m- maintain your same behavior i think is just a way to not uh have to like card everybody at the at the entrance to any store or restaurant or whatever like we're not we're trying not to get into a situation where people are like well, I had the vaccine, so uh, I can do whatever I want, right. and then and then have other people like trying to verify it with proof. It's way easier to just be like, you know what, just keep wearing the mask for a while yeah. longer, and uh, and then we'll be good. Until later. people I know in healthcare say, you know, it's it's uh, I don't have uh, night terrors anymore from the shit that I'm seeing. <laughs> you know, right? Then I'll be like, okay, well, maybe based on that, based on the people who have to deal with our behavior, uh, then I will I can pivot a little bit. I wonder how what the over under is on when this op-ed is going to be fucking bandied about by like (laughs) open it all type folks who are just trying to say like this guy just said it it's done in april so we need to start planning now yeah i mean it's a short enough uh op-ed and the like half of it is the person being like this doesn't mean that you should you should do basically what you just described that hopefully (laughs) we're not uh, getting that when doctor says that i'm like but you said it might be over in april (laughs) yeah but i'm saying okay uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But April, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the short answer is it probably already is being bandied about uh by right. my parents like in particular. Or something too. Uh yeah. <laughs> um by the uh pro getting to visit the grandkids lobby. Yeah. Right. Oh, big All that grandkid. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> strikes again. You mean yeah. honey, I blew up the kid? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about Trump's big return to the spotlight. 
Uh, he came out guns blazing on Fox News last week. Uh, in yeah, I didn't. So it was basically ostensibly because of the death of Rush Limbaugh, uh, <laughs> and he went on to a bunch of different shows uh, on Newsmax and OANN and Fox News to talk about like Rush Limbaugh's legacy. You know, he came out talking about how, you know, he claimed 10 times that the election was stolen from him. Uh, and he spent like an hour on Hannity. And I'm just, I'm just going to say it like Donald Trump doesn't seem like a guy who would be very good at somberly reflecting on another <laughs> man's life. Yeah, know, they're like, right? this is the way to bring him back. Or turning into <laughs> yeah. some petty dick measuring contest where he's like, well, you know what? I was actually more racist than Rush. So <laughs> right. you really think about it. <laughs> yeah. He was he actually got it from me, his whole swag. Yeah. I mean he did uh you know use use Rush to be like, and I spoke with Rush at the end and he said he believed the election was stolen. So, you know. <laughs> oh God. Of course he did. Let's the honor very this, <laughs> yeah, dying goblins' wishes. Right, right. And believing uh, this dead game. or living people to Trump are only just like props to get him what he wants ever. Yeah. So of course. You should have seen um, it. I was in a dream. The Constitution awoke and spoke to me and said, "It's all yours, baby." And <laughs> on his deathbed, Rush said, "Graydon Carter was very unfair to me." <laughs> he me. He That's why Spy should... Magazine went under. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his obsession with like bitchy New York media feuds is uh, one of the underrated things that I feel like the the fact that there's a bunch of people in the mi Middle America who have like. Uh, cheered and been like, fuck Graydon Carter. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great surreal aspects of his, his rise to power. Um, but so the, the main takeaway is that he, so he did an interview with Sean Hannity, primetime Fox news. Uh, apparently it drew like fine ratings, but it wasn't even the most watched uh, show of the evening. Tucker Carlson's show even, had higher ratings than like Trump's first post-election interview oh. on or post uh, leaving the office interview. So I don't know. Uh, again, this is another like very cautiously optimistic story where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to take this to mean that he can't like engineer some other great comeback, but it's just a positive sign. I think. Yeah. Well, I think that's what CPAC's for because right. that's, that's where I think he's got he's got the whole Beyonce homecoming uh, <laughs> stage show planned out because uh, that's right. going to be a big audience of people who, you know, are going to just want to watch him dry hump the flag um, <laughs> and scream at Clanchella. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what uh, what he does there. But I think like his whole the thing is, like everything he's saying is like just stale. And now that you're out of office, it's like you sound like you're campaigning against Joe Biden again. Right. Well, I mean, it's the whole like it's funny that it, it started with Rush Limbaugh's death because, like, once upon a time, Rush Limbaugh was like the straight talking conservative guy who's going to tell you know Joe Sixpack or whatever exactly what he wanted to hear, uh, and then like that wasn't uh, you know at a certain point like that lost its shine, and and then and then we got Trump and and like Fox News, and, and then you see Trump going on Fox News, and like the ratings aren't that good because. Fox News is not giving people like the straight shot of like QAnon adrenaline that you're going to get like they're yeah like they're <laughs> old they're old hat now like they don't they can't give people that shot of 
uh, dopamine the way that they once were able to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little jumbled. I feel like it would be it would be confusing for a Fox News viewer. Like I I do feel like you can look at some of the ratings and uh like I think AP was pointing out that on like Fox News's audience during the uh impeachment when it was the uh prosecution like presenting or the uh impeachment managers presenting their case they're, they had like shot like super duper low ratings, eight hundred fifteen thousand. Uh, and then when Trump's lawyers came back and offered up their defense, it uh, doubled to two point two one million. So I do feel like it's they they know what they're looking for, and they also know what they don't like the part of reality they don't want to let in. Yeah, so that's like prob- watching. That's like me watching a Laker game when I don't care. Like we lost to the Clippers, but I'm just watching all. I'm watching all the times the Lakers scored in a super cut, and that's right. how I watch the game. And I'm like, yeah, yeah! fuck yeah, LeBron! Oh <laughs> shit! What was the final score? One forty to eighty two. Okay, um, but you, did you see? You know, like it's like, what are you doing? You know, on some yeah. level, like you have to understand that you 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 know you're safeguarding yourself because you don't want to you don't want to see the other thing. Where other right. people, you know, if you're a little trying to be somewhat more objective, you're like, well, no, I want to see this bullshit and also the other bullshit, and I will sift through the bullshit. Yeah, it's like the Fox News is like chicken soup for racist boomers, and so then they show anything else that's not flattering their worldview. It's like you know when they when McDonald's serves salad or whatever, they're not gonna. Right. <laughs> you're like, what's the point? Why is this here? Love the mixed salad shaker, though. I mean, (laughs) but a positive way that you could take it is that they recognize that some bad shit they don't want to admit happened uh, on January 6th. And like, so they're avoiding that like the plague. And that would involve, uh, which, by the way, they're not good at avoiding plagues, but uh, (laughs) that that would involve like, you know, trying not trying to hear Trump speak that much, at least right now. Yeah. Uh, well, he hasn't come up with a new, a new angle. Find a new angle. A new it's angle. a normal collar. Wait till he drops uh, that mixtape at CPAC. Right. Yeah. The, the Donald Trump of your nightmares will emerge, Jack. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. I'm Looking so curious where they go. Like, I mean, jo- Donald Trump seemed like the uh, perfect Frankenstein's monster of all their worst impulses but he also made every other like mainstream republican at that point look really bad and uh and lame and uh i don't know i guess like the next step is like lauren whatever the QAnon congress people are now uh you know whoever seems like the more uh intense uncut version of trump mtg yeah. baby i mean this is another thing yeah. i mean it, this piece i was reading in the new republic um uh who is it by oh by uh, there's this piece in the new republic by alex shepherd that's kind of talking about how the gop playbook is just kind of like faltering a bit not a bit a lot like right now they're doing the 2009 playbook on biden's pandemic stimulus which is scream about how much money is being wasted and like oh my god you're gonna help losers over (laughs) winter because that's what they did in 2009 they're like these people who went over their skis on these uh subprime mortgages they're losers y'all they fucked up that's on them and that was sort of like the attitude even like it wasn't very humane look on the people who were got into these fucked up mortgages and now like it's the same thing it's just 
oh my God, these losers are get they don't deserve money. So then they can do the whole thing of like water down the stimulus, which means a shitty recovery because the stimulus wasn't effective at all. Then blame the Democrats for the lack of anything improving. Take the house and then hopefully just repeat that pattern until you're in the White House again, like they try to do. But it seems like now the austerity shit just doesn't hit, especially after Trump and like the in your face tax fuckery that was going on with giving rich people more money and things like that. And now with the pandemic, like even like, yes, there are definitely America's definitely team bootstraps, but there are definitely also people who are team bootstraps that are also kind of like, yo, I, I, uh, my bootstraps even vanished somehow. So I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to need help. And I don't like this idea that you're calling me a loser. Uh, because I'm not a fucking loser. And so even like the language is like changing a bit and they don't have it. They so they just don't have anything to offer. Like Steve Scalise is just calling this in his description of the stimulus package. He just says this package will keep schools closed, bail out blue states, pay people not to work and raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> like but and what's your counterpoint they don't fucking have one anymore because they've just like they've turned up the racism so much that they cooked off all the like optical parts that made it look like a party and now right. it's just like y'all we're just honestly we don't have any ideas we're just all we have to offer our cancel or cancel culture battles that we'll scream about uh and really nothing else aside from tax cuts so i don't know what to do and now yeah. like it's like now and now like to your point Vince like then we just now the people that are getting clicks are Lauren Bobert Lauren Bobert with her homemade gun rack on her bookshelf with that's not mounted at all she could have fell over oh, I know you know like that's I mean, the, the, yeah the old school way to do it was like to do the racism stuff to uh justify you know giving money to more rich people but then Trump kind of broke that a little bit where he was like, well, I'm still going to be racist, but I'm also going to give you $600 or right. whatever, you know? And so like they kind of broke the, uh, the part where all the, all the white nationalism stuff was, was openly like a way to, uh, you know, get people to give more money to rich people. And right. now it's kind of, it's kind of broken. So it's, it's, it, yeah, it's hard to tell what they're, what they're going to now. You get, it's hard to go from that back to, Oh, this deficit. Yeah, responsibility. <laughs> but I mean, what? that's happening. I feel like that's happening in both parties, right? Like tr Trump was trying to, or said he was trying to do the $2,000 thing on his way out. Romney is doing a bill that gives better child tax credits than yeah. uh, currently exist. And, you know, there there's a lot of populist economic movement in the Democratic Party, but like both sides, I feel like are having this moment where they have to like you know safeguard the the party and the and the rich and the ruling class mm -hmm. from uh from what's in people's best interest because it's almost like they no, either side hasn't learned their lesson from fucking 2009 which is right. for the republicans it's like this shit isn't going to work right now and then for democrats they're like do we need to work i think we need to work with republicans on this i think mm -hmm. we don't want to we don't want to just unilaterally help people. We need we need the the visions of a bipartisan Congress. And it's like, motherfucker, no. They fucking voted to basically have you killed in a lynch mob at your place of business. Right. And yeah, you're still, okay, but go ahead. 
they're like permanently hamstrung by thinking they need to get an A from the teacher. Like they spent the last year being like, you got to trust the experts. And so now that they're like in power in ruling in the ruling power, they like they're still asking like random, uh, you know, experts or whatever on like what we can actually do for the stimulus instead of just giving people money, which would was what they campaigned on and would be like the obvious yeah. uh, choice. At this <laughs> Except point. when the experts are like, no, nah, you got to give them more money than that, Joe. <laughs> and he's like, well, shut the fuck up for a second. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just yeah. did that to say I asked somebody. Now, fucking fall back. Are you fucking economist? Real quick, the Supreme Court continues to uh, reward Trump's having three of them nominated by telling him to go fuck himself, essentially, uh, which is you love to see it. Yeah, I don't think there wasn't one dissenting opinion when the Supreme Court basically said, we're not going to hear any case trying to block his tax returns from the the New York uh, district attorney. So, right. And it apparently was like a one, it was described as a terse one liner. <laughs> so, um, great. Which is basically being like, yeah, nah to this presidential immunity shit. Cy Vance can have your fucking tax returns. Because it started, this was a, a lawsuit that was filed in 2019, which was like looking into Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels' hush money payments. And then when Trump was like, you can't do that, no fair, blah, blah, blah. He came back and was like, look, this is what we're arguing. Clearly, he's seeking like immunity that doesn't exist. And like, okay, you can let it bang. And Cy Vance like, oh, one more thing. Uh, the investigation, we're actually... It's we're looking at some more stuff now, including bank fraud and insurance fraud. So we're going to need some tax returns. And that oh. finally, we've ended up at this point where now there's no more hands to be played and they will get, I think, at least the tax returns from 2011 on. So. Also, who is his lawyer? I feel like the, the person who was his lawyer uh, during the uh, election drama uh, said on Twitter that John Roberts. John Roberts was part of some pedophile ring where he was like forced to uh, like rape and kill a child uh, on video. And then I hope that that is the same lawyer that's trying to petition yeah. uh, that Supreme See, Court. He, he was smart enough to not have that person there, but also dumb <laughs> enough to not realize what's being argued on your behalf in Washington, D.C. right now. Also, inter interestingly, uh, and not surprisingly, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, over the weekend, it was reported that she confirmed that uh, uh, Epstein had video of both, I think, Clinton and Trump, uh, that like compromising video, basically. Huh. Uh, so, oh, really? Hmm. Shocking. Wow. Wowie. But uh, yeah, it, it's not, I mean... So, so Trump's lawyer was right about one thing that John Roberts has <laughs> killed on videotape before. I mean, uh, the country <laughs> needs that political catharsis to be like, look at these ugly monster motherfuckers that were smiling in your face being like, I'm the president. You right. know what I mean? Like, tear them all fucking down. Like, that's what, but it's still fucking, you know, like, It'll still just end up this like question mark of like, where are, are there, were there tapes? Are there tapes? <laughs> Is it, it, apparently it's not enough that they were best fucking friends <laughs> and right. on plenty of receipts on being on the lowly, forget it, whatever. All right, y'all do you. It's clearly not enough. He's a very cool guy who uh, I hear likes the ladies. Uh, <laughs> but not me. I like the women. What? Adult. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, real quick, I do want to talk about these uh, 
Texas regulators and Texas power executives, uh, I think one CEO uh, w- was caught saying that this was basically a jackpot. They had hit the jackpot yeah. uh, with this crisis that led people to actually freeze to death or die trying not to freeze to death um, because they are now able to charge like five figures uh, for people's use of electricity during the crisis. That was the big, everybody saw those pictures, you know, like yeah. those screenshots that were like, yo, my bill is $6,000 or my bill's $13,000 electric bill. Okay. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I opened up my app and it said, this is where I'm at right now. And again, we've been saying this fucking deregulation. Cause I'm this the, you know, literally the wild west over there. Um, a lot of these people were lured into these pricing plans that are tethered to like the wholesale price of electricity. So essentially it can be a good deal when shit works. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is in the fine print, it's like, Oh, just so you know, if anything deviates from perfect energy transmission, your bill will be absolutely fucked. Just so right. you know. And that's when people started being like, Oh, what the fuck is going on here? And so, uh, there are so many of these pictures going around. A lot of it, too, they're saying is some of these people who were getting higher bills, it was b- born out of the supply and demand relationship where an energy generation company, because of, the gr- because of the grid failure, wasn't able to get power to certain customers. They just upped the price on the people that could get power to offset right. the. So you're like, oh, my, th- what the fuck is this? Again, because there are no regulations. They, well, yeah. they used to be about guaranteeing power delivery and things like that, or make ensuring that things are weatherproof to maintain some stable energy generation. And then they just went to, nah, our policy is now, let the fucking market go off, honey. And that's <laughs> right? what like you got. The, like as if you had a choice in who you were going to buy electricity from. And uh, and, <laughs> right. and like, you know, as if you had a say where you're like, well, this electricity is too expensive. I'm just going to turn everything off today. Well, that's right. what they, but that's what it is though. You can, you can pick from a myriad of providers, you know, like you can shop <laughs> sure. around for your best deal. That's why it's so, like they're like what the fuck kind of structure is this for a public utility right and the whole thing is like nah but that's how we keep the competition because like yo if their price is too high someone will just go to the other one and that's how you keep it moving but mm, no like, you could just build your own electrical grid if you well, don't like those prices but vince that's the uh, advice people were getting when someone called their <laughs> provider like hey i have a six thousand dollar bill they said okay here are your two options uh turn off Switch providers immediately (laughs) or shut down all your power. That way, no, that way we can't charge you. And they're like, what? I have kids that are like in diapers and though I'm free. What the fuck are you talking about? Then there's this tweet again, just to underline everything. CPS energy was another uh, energy provider out there. Uh, Someone was asking them at some uh, like sort of meeting. This is the question. Is CPSE, CPS Energy, going to provide payment relief to customers? And then this is their answer. We understand that it would be unacceptable to have customers bear the costs on their monthly bill. So we are working diligently to find ways to spread those costs over 10 years or longer to make it affordable. <laughs> it's a payment yeah. plan, baby. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think we need to come up with uh, like we let uh big business and the Republican Party, I think, name deregulation because it just takes 
takes a thing nobody likes regulations like makes them sound extra bureaucratic (laughs) and it's like no vegetables yeah yeah exactly it's the no vegetables plan uh where what it essentially like it's never a deregulation around like whether you're able to you know do something fun or uh Mm -hmm. get get government benefits or uh it's always deregulation around wealthy people and companies ability to fuck you over um so yeah Yeah. we we need to come up with a better this was definitely the week if you lived in texas that uh if you had signed up for like automatic debit of your uh of your electricity payments you're like oh shit i gotta cancel this right Right. because i could lose all my money and now like i think the 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 governor is like suspended the taking of payments but it's like so what are you going to do after that like is this just going to be like cps energy like don't worry, we'll spread your pay- your 40,000 bill over your lifetime. It's a new mortgage. It's like a power mortgage that you have. Isn't that cool? <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, the new theme song uh, going forward needs to be this. Because <laughs> that's what the fuck we need. You know, I, they need to go to D.C. and just be screaming this shit. Regulators! <laughs> I mean, we need to fucking regulate because this shit is out of control and people are getting the wild Bill Hickok because uh, their power consumption isn't being properly vetted and regulated. So, yeah, and, uh, and just to your point, Jack, about people losing their lives, like this is why the stakes are more than just price gouging, right? There's le- there's loss of fucking life. This 11-year-old boy, this is, and I can only imagine, this This can't be the only incident like this, but this is the one that gets to the news. An 11-year-old boy died because he froze to death in his family's mobile home that suddenly lost power in the middle of the night that was heating them, that was giving them heat. And his mother woke up to her son dead in his bed, who was not previously yeah. ill, who was the first time seeing snow after, I believe, being reunited with his mother from coming from Central America and like the night before was joyous. The power went out. Her son is dead. Her three-year-old son in the that was in the bed with him survived. And what recourse do these people have? I mean, yes, they're going to sue the fuck out of the you know the of of the uh, energy regulation committee. But like, this is this is such a larger issue that it can't just be like, well, whoever has the wherewithal to get to lawyer up and sue can get justice because all of these people that have set this energy market up have blood on their hands and for them to be able i mean it's this is a this is like potentially like a flint type crisis where you have people who had the wherewithal to know that everyone had been saying for like over 10 years like yo this this system fragile as fuck like and you should anything goes wrong we're going to be in a bad place didn't do anything and like where what at what point can we begin to create some responsibility but I, you know that's we're going to create a system a where you can you can get like a low interest loan from your energy provider in order to uh, <laughs> defray the funeral costs. Uh, right. And uh, it's going to be great. Right. Just put up your, your own life up as collateral. I mean, it's just like, that's why we don't have, you know, it's it's hard to say how we move forward because if we begin to have laws that are like, yo, you can't just exploit people so you can make money, then it's going to be regulations and social. It's like, come the fuck on. You can't let people their runaway greed end up with loss of a life. That just has to be a, like a common sense thing we can agree on societally. Yeah. Line in the sand. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Flint, uh, which was a lot, you know, a failure by the government too. Uh, 
like that didn't really that wasn't like quickly adjudicated in any or no. like fixed in any way so i i just i worry uh, yeah. about the ability to get this actually addressed well i wonder if it'll be different because the the you know the victims are it's less people of color and more an entire state of people so right. there's a lot of you know flint already had its own you know uh, racial complications going on with why things weren't moving the way they did but you know now like it affects all like every, many people in texas are upset and i just you know what what's the fucking next step because i can't imagine you're going to be happy as a Texan with everyone being like, well, you know, we learned from that and we just got to be more careful, folks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? No, I, I know. Come on, Texans. Turn the, you know, burn your shit down. Yeah. Go to the governor's mansion. <laughs> Not your shit. Burn their shit down. Yeah, yeah, there's theirs. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a, another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back real quick. I I did want to talk about Nomadland because that hit uh, Hulu this weekend. The handful of people who I talked to, a, a lot of them watched it. And it's just like what the, the thing that I wanted to emphasize is really good. Definitely worth watching is like it's a post-apocalyptic movie, but it's set in America in 2012 and it's like half documentary. <laughs> um but like that it's like you see there there's like a lot of interplay of like generations and like that's kind of a an undercurrent throughout like young people and uh it focuses on people in their 60s but like you know there's uh one of the guys has lost his son recently you like meet some young people and it's just and then like when one of the things that she one of her like prized possessions is like photographs of her family from before. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's what things used to look like. Uh, and now she's, you know, driving around in a van with all her worldly possessions, like in the van with her. It's like I Mad Max in the world of people who, uh, put your Amazon packages in boxes. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it. she, you know, goes from job to job and like, one of the gigs that kind of grounds the series is her uh, going back to an Amazon warehouse, like around the holidays and like doing, doing basically that gig gig economy work. And yeah, I don't know. It's just that there's like literal ghost towns that uh, right. of like modern day ghost towns throughout the, the country that like the, the opening uh, Chiron of the movie talks about a community that had a mine closed down and the zip code was discontinued six months after the plant was closed down, which I didn't even know was a thing that could happen. You could but... discontinue a zip code like a canceled show? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's and like she violent. goes back to that town, which is where she's from, and it's just a bunch of you know, it looks like a neighborhood, except all the houses are empty. Everybody is just like right. out, you know. Yeah, it's wild. It's worth checking out. It seems like it's going to be Nomad Lambert's trial of the Chicago 7 for oh God. Uh, best picture, <laughs> according to early uh, Gold Derby odds. And well, we know almost, which one's going to win that yeah, one. Sadly. I know, yeah, I know. Order, <laughs> order in the court. Order. You will have order in my court. I don't know if you guys saw the movie, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, a mythologizing of American liberalism, like the sort of American liberal point of view. Uh, and like changing the facts to suit like weird, uh, centrism shit. It's very, yeah, very yeah. strange in a lot yeah. of ways. But that's like, so that's, that's, gonna that's, win. How, that's, that's kind of like an American mirror, though. It's like, nah, I'm not going to look in the mirror and see it for what it is. Let me just distort myself again. I'm like, that's better. That's more <laughs> like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, us. Right. Yeah. Do you have something that flatters the meritocracy? Okay, let me watch that yeah. movie. I'm yeah, looking yeah. for something that will kind of take my oligarch face and make it a little more blue collar. Because <laughs> I'm in a little bit of denial about my place in, you know, siphoning up resources. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about uh, more important things. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a new player in the uh, crispy, spicy chicken sandwich war. Yeah. And that is Taco Bell? What? Huh? The Sang Wait Wars. I thought ongoing. I was thinking outside the bun. <laughs> well, yeah, they are because it's it's no bun. The way they call it, it's a it's a chicken tender that's been in jalapeno butter milk. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it sounded awful, like reading the words together. But then I'm like, okay, right, because that's for the fried chicken. Then they roll in tortilla chip coating, and then the thing it's in is what they just describe as puffy bread. <laughs> like not even <laughs> it's not even a gordita thing. They don't. It's some new shit. Uh, with bread. chipotle sauce i'm like it looks good but the yeah. thing that is interesting to me right is it's not going to be it's only available like at the beginning of march in two test markets charlotte north carolina and nashville tennessee so to hmm. me that says they're not mm -hmm. fucking around with this test they want to fucking baptism by fire uh when you're come when if you're pulling up with chicken fried chicken product uh in those right. cities that's not you know fucking hot chicken this, that's what i think of nashville um yeah. so i either there's i don't know i'm curious to know what the sort of logic is or like sort of like if we can get these pe if they fuck with it then we're good it's like, like well sandwich rules are like prison rules where you just go up to the biggest guy on the yard right, punch <laughs> him in the up. nose and that way people know that you're crazy right, right. yeah, so yeah. like feach lamana real quick you know letting them know <laughs> when your first day in I found the biggest motherfucker I could. Oh man, <laughs> talking Sopranos again. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I, I uh, great. I hope it's good because you know Wendy's had one that did not make a lot of waves. Uh, Boston Market, they they poor Boston Market tried. It's almost like you shouldn't have even said anything, Boston Market. This isn't <laughs> your lane. Stick to the Wait, rotisserie. Wendy's chicken. had a spicy chicken sandwich besides the standard one that they've always had. Yeah, or they, they brought it back. They had a, I think it was called the jalapeno popper chicken sandwich. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did. I was offended by the Popeyes furor because, I mean, I love a chicken sandwich, but if you're at Popeyes and you're not getting just like the regular fried chicken, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, to each their own. You know, I used to just be a spicy thighs kind of guy uh, yeah. over there. But yeah. I do it all, baby. You know, I sometimes when they have the crawfish basket, baby, I sometimes get that too. Even though, Ooh, it's, even if that, it's actually know. fish, I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like just fried protein amorphous nugs. And that's how Miles and I actually met. Was uh, we went to uh, Reddit for spicy thighs uh, for very yeah. different reasons. Actually. Very different reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, I was modding that subreddit and I had to ban you because you were being a little out of pocket with your questions. <laughs> How about I mean, these spicy thighs, huh? Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. That guy's back again? J-O-B. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, just a quick UFO update. 
so one thing that we have gotten a little bit more clarity on that seems to make sense to me is the uh did did we talk about the jetpack guy being just a a drone that looks like a person has like the a one that went across the channel type. yeah that that was around uh lax oh the, there kept being like these jetpack uh sightings around lax and Oh uh, no! Okay, didn't somebody legit go across the English Channel though on a jetpack? The jetpack technology is real. Like that, right? I'm, okay, I'm seeing all sorts of video that very easily could be faked, but uh, I'm going to choose to believe it. Yeah, of course we have to. So this Airbus encountered something. It was like a fast-moving cylindrical object over New Mexico uh, that somebody who was like basically uh, eavesdropping on radio chatter caught. And this person who eavesdrops on radio chatter also noted that like three years ago to the day, two other aircraft had seen basically an identical thing, uh, just like flying over New Mexico far higher than uh, should have been possible. Um, but yeah, the, the UFO chatter is still out there. And I people, mean, wow. So an alien if, anniversary? If it was, yeah. It was if it was from another planet, shouldn't their days be different? It wouldn't be the same anniversary. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they have different length days. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Vince. <laughs> uh, and I don't have an answer for you. I I don't. Uh, the person was like, "That looks a lot like a Scud missile, like from the Cold War, uh, just flying through the air." But there was it. It could easily just be like military top secret military testing that. Uh, they the don't want anybody to know secrets. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it yeah. over a f- commercial flight path. Right. You know, but do it, but keep it low. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Was it, don't tell me the shit was over Roswell, right? It, it was not over okay, Roswell. Okay, good. Because that would have been. Because Roswell is like a dark area where you can't fly over, I think, because they do testing around there. There is a. Oh, for real? That, that was kind of one of the reasons they were suggesting it probably wasn't a military uh, like a oh, because they have their little operation. slice of sky. They have their place. In. Yeah, they right. they and it's not that far from there, and it, they probably wouldn't let something go and <laughs> just like whoops, uh, that one got away from us. So <laughs> come on, know. it's like we're so close. Like quit edging with us, aliens. Show yourselves. But every time you hear from like a military person who's like gone rogue, they're like. Yeah, man, we are so curious what this shit is. Like, they, right. don't, they don't, it's not like they're like, oh, we can neither confirm nor deny. They're like, yeah, it's really trippy, man. We don't, we actually don't know. Uh, what do you guys think it is? <laughs> right. I'm like, no, nah, um, you saw it. You fucking tell me, man. Like, right. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, because it is always like people who got out of the Navy and then they're like, oh, let me write this book, y'all. Right. Oh, my goodness. If you only knew. Uh, well, Vince, it has been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist, man. Where can people, uh, find you, follow you, hear you? Oh, uh, well, you can always find me at, at Vince Mancini on Twitter. Uh, you know, all my articles are on Uproxx, um, and I have two podcasts. One is about the Sopranos, and it's called Pod Yourself a Gun, which you've been a guest on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we also have the Fraudcast, which is just our general movies and, you know, talking crap kind of podcast uh, and those are available wherever podcasts are sold both great great yeah. podcasts matt lieb um, too who's a friend of the show on there yeah, yeah yeah uh and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying 
uh, a tweeter. Well, yeah, I picked a tweet in particular, which was uh, new for me this week. I don't know. I think it was one of those ones where you got retweeted into my timeline and I wasn't a follower and I became one. Um, the tweet is from Whoa, it's Juanito. It's W O A H, not W H O A. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and the tweet is This show is about grief, actually. The crowd gasps, pauses for a moment to think about it, and then goes absolutely wild. Can you believe it? A show about grief? Fucking phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the podcast 420 Day Fiance. You know, go ahead on Twitch. It's Tuesday. You know, we'll be there around 420 Pacific time. Okay. Uh, the other, yeah, you know, you catch a lot of people on the Eastern. No, 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 no. Pacific. Um, Twenty that I like. Uh, I haven't been on Twitter for a while, so I I don't have anything to offer. Just to kind of cleanse my eyes. I'm telling you, look, y'all try just try going like four days. It feels like mm-hmm. not being on social media. I feel like the episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to see how far they could go without putting gas in the car. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you're like, oh, shit, baby, we're we're out here. Like, we're free, baby. <laughs> and I don't know how long, how much longer. It feels dangerous, but it's okay. Um, and there yeah, is I'll, an I'll episode where they see how long they can go without masturbating. But mm. that is, there's also the gas in the car one. I just want to make clear that you're not using, putting gas in the car as a masturbation <laughs> a euphemism. <laughs> putting uh, gas in the car, if you know what I'm saying. Um. All right. Well, good Band for you, from Miles. Most, most gas stations. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Let's see a couple tweets I've been enjoying. PJ Evans just tweeted, "That's my bad, Your Honor," um, which I think is <laughs> funny to imagine someone saying. Andrew Nadal tweeted, I love Foley artists because the problem is always something like, we need the sound of footsteps. And their solution is like, what if I slapped this pool table with wet ham? Uh, (laughs) And then Adriana at shut the fuck up, Nell. (laughs) I don't know who Nell is, underscore. uh, Tweeted, how do lawyers not cry when arguing? Uh, (laughs) I don't know, uh, but I would certainly break into tears on the regular yeah. if I were a 12 year old me in a fight yep yeah. that's your lawyer oh you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily zeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song recommendation uh, that you can oh, go listen yeah. to on a playlist playlist uh, or maybe on soundcloud again because you know miles is he's, he's liking the the remixes uh, and on a jay tour dilla of the cloud. oh my gosh jay dilla but this remix to Donuts by Coastal, the artist Coastal on SoundCloud. Check out Coastal. This is called Donuts, but it's the Coastal conversion. And yeah, for anyone who is like, you know, a, a Dilla fan, this is one of those remixes that does it justice. Yeah. Bless all right. Go check that out. We will be linking off to it in the footnotes. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you list your favorite shows, that is going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.